Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. Podcasting from the Pacific Northwest, the caffeine and Sasquatch capital of the world, and home to the world's biggest Highland Games fans, this is Fork Talk. Will you fight? A podcast about all things Highland Games heavy events, competitive throwing, and the greatest sporting event ever invented on God's green earth, Sheaf. And now, here are your hosts, Big Daddy and Hoss. But they'll never take our freedom! Time you want, <laughs> but you'll never take our freedom. No, you will not take our freedom, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody. Guess what time it is, Hoss? It's Fork Talk, baby. That's right. Welcome to Fork Talk, everybody. Episode numero uno. Uno. As Arnold Schwarzenegger used to like to say, numero uno. Of course, he was smoking a joint at the time. <laughs> but I digress. Anyway, introduce yourself. Me? Yes. Hey, it's the Big Daddy, the Big Daddy of the Daddies. I am Jay, Big Daddy O'Neill, and my co-host is Brett Haas Lathrop. Thank you. Fine introduction. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm all excited. I'm a Twitter. I'm glad you like that. You look at Twitter. (laughs) And speaking of staff, we do have a quality staff here. We do. This is a this is a professional organization. Yeah, this is no this is no rinky dink operation no. here. We have we have our nemesis and our savior all at the same time. Who Pro- would that be? Producer Candy oh. Candy Sprinkles. Yes, which we'll hear on occasion. She's. We try to get her to talk only when she's requested to speak or spoken to. But that usually doesn't work. <laughs> so. So we got her a whiteboard so that we wouldn't have to hear her so loud. Yeah, but she's still going to talk to us. She's still going to tell us we're overrun like we are now. Oh, yeah, that's right, because this is just the intro. We're right. already a minute and a half into it. We also have an intern, Slim Jim. Slim Jim. He may get stuff for us as well. That's right. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, you can't see this because obviously it's a podcast, but uh, Candy Sprinkles just made a picture of she, a middle finger. She drew something on the whiteboard. Middle finger. She did, yeah. yes. And and also someone important to you because you are the national treasure, the yes. big daddy. Yes, I am. You you have a handler. Yeah, I do have a handler. Yeah, because I need one. And she is here too to help us. Yes, indeed, and that would be Devil Ange. Devil Ange. That's right. right. All right. Um, thanks for joining us. This is our inaugural ep- episode. It, I could say that our easily. What? Inaugural. Inaug- take another drink. Of inaugural. Hey, yeah, I will. Thank you. There you go. Nice. Our website is www.fork-talk.com. Don't forget the dash. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. If not, you'll be on some eating site, which isn't bad, but ours is better. And it's not funny. No. You can also find us on Facebook at uh, Fork Talk with Big Daddy and Hoss, all one big thing. That's Easy us. to do. Or just you actually just search Fork Talk. It'll come up. That's right. Yeah. But if you search Fork Talk, make sure you put the dash between the fork and the talk. That's right. And you'll find us. Did I blow that one out of proportion, you think? No, you're good. All right, cool. You're good. So, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our first inaugural podcast. You said that better than I did. I did, actually, and I didn't even have any beer in me at the time. Uh, We're excited to be here. We have uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, obviously. We're going to start out with what we like to call shout-outs. Sponsor shout-outs. Sponsor sponsor first. Yes. Right. Most important. So our sponsor, our one and only sponsor, <laughs> do you get my hint here? One and only? Right. We only have one? The first. This thrilling new episode of Fork Talk is sponsored by Mattress Ranch. When you need a new mattress, you owe it to yourself to check out Mattress Ranch. No phony sales. 
No elbow twisting salespeople. Just everyday low prices by reasonably nice people. Ten convenient locations throughout Washington and greater Alaska. And you can find them online at mattressranch.com. That's one word, mattress ranch, no tack in the middle. That's right. Mention Fork Talk, and you will probably get a funny look. You will. If you're interested in sponsoring any upcoming interviews or episodes of Fork Talk, how do we do that? Cash. Grass. Or ass, baby. That's right. Nobody <laughs> rides for free. It, first, like 1972. We were talking with our sponsor, Max, actually, earlier today because we were throwing. Right. The owner of the Mattress Ranch is yep. Max Sadler. And um, it, he said the, the dot-com's doing really well. They have an awesome service where you can actually buy the whole mattress setup online, and they ship it to you. Yeah. UPS. No matter where you live. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about rolling in in your in your uh, 1985 Escort and trying to squeeze some... <laughs> Queen size mattress into the back hatchback, tied down with rope, right? Falling out. Now you could if you want. Yeah, but you could. And some people might. But mattress has got a little bit better idea right. for that. And if you live in Alaska, just think, you can put it in your canoe, right? And uh, paddle it onto your little cabin there, right? Strap it to your moose, right? Stick it on your moose, right? And then walk it to your igloo. Right. And bada bing, you got yourself a mattress. Yeah, you're not going to be welcome in Alaska anymore. You realize that. Well, it never really was in the first place. So yeah, I, sorry, Brett. I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> All right, um, this is a great opening show for you, Big Daddy. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're going to give some first of all some background on the Highland Games to help introduce literally dozens of people listening to this. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Also, Big Daddy, it's St. Patty's Day coming up soon. Oh, you know that's special to me. Yeah, well, it is because you are Polish, <laughs> <laughs> but also. Irish. I'm Irish. O'Neill is Irish. Yes, it is. When it's O'Neill the Wits, That's that means I'm Polish. <laughs> uh, so we've got um, uh, a topic on uh, the, the Irish, the Celts, how they fit into the games, right? That's right. And, other, and other important things like the makers of the greatest beer in the world. Absolutely. Yes. We've got a very special guest, very excited <laughs> at the end of the program. It's a long interview, but it's worth every minute. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Don't give it away. I'm not. Tease them. If you guys like the Highland Games, if you don't like the Highland Games. You'll love it still. If you never heard of the Highland Games, if you live in an igloo in Alaska, you're going to love our guest, our special guest. Again, way to take care of alienating all of our Alaska viewers. Well, you listeners. know, I figure if they won't allow me in there, I don't have to pay for the flight to go throw there. That's not right. <laughs> That's not right. Um, all right. And we also, if we've got time, we've got historical figures. Yes. Right? Which is one of our favorite bits. Yeah. And uh, uh, could be a good one. we got a great historical figure this time for right. our first one. Right? And, and the, the key to the historical figure is it's great historical figures throughout history who we would consider throwing in the Highland Games and why we would think they'd either be good or bad at it. All right. And speaking of historical – historical – sorry. Historical, historical figures. Yes. We can't forget the one historical figure that we hate. Right, sir. Isaac. Newton. Boo. Boo. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, we hate gravity. Right. Gravity sucks. Yeah. Hey, I invented a rock falls uh, out of the sky because I tossed it. <laughs> All right. So let's get on with this great show of ours. You want to start out with some shout outs? Yeah. It's our first show. We got to do shout outs, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. we're not, we're doing this because. The community of throwers, Highland Games, we love. Um, we're inspired by them. Yep. We don't propose to be the 
all-knowing, all-greatest Highland Games people ever, although we're damn close. Yeah, we're damn close. We're like, yep. you know, you probably got, uh, you know, the guy who invented Highland Games and then yep. like you and me. True. I'm thinking. True. Right. But we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Yes, here, we are. Right? Yes, so, are. And the, let me tell you something. The bar when you weigh high. 280 pounds, that giant's hurting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Especially. So let's go ahead and we'll start with some... Uh, with some uh, of our so shout-outs. Shout, so shout-outs to the people that inspire us to do this dang thing in the first place. Absolutely. People like Francis Brebner. Francis Brebner. Yeah. Scottish. From Scotland. Yes. Yes. Francis Brebner, seven-time world caber champion. Right. And some people don't know this about Francis. He actually did win a world championship at one time. Did he? Yes, he did. All right. We'll get into that at yes, some we point will. when we interview him. Ryan Vieira. Oh, Ryan Vieira. What can you not say about Ryan Five-time champion. Five-time. Five-time. Brilliant. Five time, ouch, world champion. <laughs> yeah, don't hurt yourself on the, I won't. the that, pop screen. That there. spit guard is painful. Yeah. Uh, Jason Clevenger. Yes, maker of fine sheaves. Yeah. Kel Mulray. Kel Mulray. Diablo Pitchfork Company. Oh, baby. Some of the best forks we ever used. Yep. Eric Wechter. Eric Wechter, a, a Washington, Oregon icon in the sport. Right. Been throwing for about 19 years. Yep. Has over 100, and I believe 10. Career wins yeah, in amazing. all classes. Steve Conway down in Cali. Steve Conway. When you say Highland Games, you mention Steve Conway. Steve. That's the man. Yep. Uh, Kaylin and Carl. Mal. Kaylin. Queen. Yes. The yep. Queen. Kaylin, Mal, and Carl run the Portland Games. Right. And uh, Bobby Dodd. Bobby Dodd, maker of fine equipment. Bob Owens up in Canada land. Bob Owens, the living legend from Canada. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. John Oden. John Oden. Our early our pro early, tr- trainer, really. The guy who basically showed us how to do it all. Yep, yep. yep. And uh, apologies in advance, East Coast guys, we're getting to you. we got a lot of West Coast here, right? Yeah. Greg Bell. Greg Bell, awesome guy. Yep. Very good pro, knows what he's talking about, Dan, and very helpful. Dan Williams. Dan Williams. What can you not say about Dan Williams other than the fact that he's ginormous? He's monstrous. And the guy can uh, actually uh, throw the weight for height over 20 feet. True. Uh, Larry Brock makes great tacky. Yes, he does. Great pro. Yep. yep. Awesome. Uh, Greg Hadley, Cal- uh, another Canadian. Hadley, five-time. Actually, he was five- or six-time Canadian champion, I believe. Yeah. Yep. And Doherty, Matt Doherty. Matt Doherty, knocking on the door all the time, knocking on the door of that guy at the Canadian championship. Right. Amazing athlete. Right. Uh, two of my new favorite guys up in uh, in the East Coast that we got to see throw and kick everybody's butt in South Carolina a couple years ago, right? Brady the, and Brent Miller. The Miller brothers, absolutely. Holy cow, they're insane. They're they're masters, but they throw pro numbers. Yeah, they're yeah, they're, they're, awesome. they're amazing. And uh, and many many more to uh, to give shout outs to, which we will, I'm sure. But all the Panama City throwers this weekend down yes. in Florida, right? Panama City, near and dear to my heart. I used to live there. It's an awesome place. And, of course, we got uh, they got a huge bunch of throwers down there this weekend, to include the Miller Brothers. Yeah. Miles Wetzel. Oh, nice. Is going to be down there as well. And uh, a good friend of mine, Doc Burnside. All right. Yep, good guy. Very good. And, of course, and of course, because Sheaf is the greatest sport ever invented, uh, we got special Sheaf shouts to Gene Flynn. Oh, yeah. Gene Flynn, world record holder. Yeah. In uh, in the sixteen pound for height, Miles Wetzel, Miles Wetzel, another one, another world record holder, Eric Frazier, Eric Frazier, a, another pro record holder, and Crush Rusher, Crush 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 Rusher, yes, Chris Rusher. Little known fact about Chris Rusher in chief. Okay, you want to hear it? Yes. Okay, he's the first one to ever go thirty one, 
32 yeah. and 33 feet in the chief. Really? Yes. Wow. Yep. Little known fact. Wow, that's awesome. Of course, he told me it, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, shout outs. Thank you. Topic one, Jay. Let's get this ball rolling. All right. Topic let's, one. Let's talk about the Highland Games. Highland Games. That's why we're here. Well, yeah, because we got one, all of our family and friends who know the games, but people who are picking this up and might not know. So Absolutely. We got, so we got to help them out. Yep. Right? So, and we, we did a bit of this in our teaser, right? So, um, Highland Games, invented in Scotland. Yes. Yep. Uh, Actually, it, I think that may not have been invented in Scotland. Really? Yeah. I have a source. Yes. That tells me that it may have been invented in Victoria, British Columbia. Really? Yes. The Victoria Highland Games is 150 years old. Do you know that? Wow, I did know that, but it's amazing. Do you know why you, you know it. that? Because we're going to compete in it this year, and it's the 150th anniversary, right? Yes. Shout out to the Victorian. Now, I know that the Highland Games is hundreds of years old, maybe even thousands. Right. But I've got it on pretty good information that somebody from Victoria, British Columbia, actually went over to Scotland and taught them how to do it. Really? Yes. I can't divulge my source, but that's what I've heard. Okay. I think you're full of it. I may be, but at um, least I'll get a beer when I go Most of the world believes that <laughs> it was started back in, potentially all the way back to King Malcolm III in the 11th century, right? You mean there was two, two other King Malcolms before him? Yes. Boy, his parents must have hated him. And basically, they think that the kings back in the day, like, summoned the local clansmen to get together to have races or some kind of athletic event where they were uh, tested to see who was the strongest, fastest, whatever. And those guys would get chosen to be the guards or the or the messenger of the king uh, in the royalty side of things, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then they and then they also think that. Um, as there was times, unfortunately, in uh, England and Scotland where um, Sc- the Scottish people weren't allowed to gather together with weapons and things like that. And so it was a way for the clans to get together in one. Instead of killing each other in clan war, they could get together and throw heavy things for who's doing the best, right? Right, absolutely. And they And some of the implements seem to have also been created to be mimics of some of the old ancient weapons right, right. you had right. certain weapons that you'd throw or hurl at people that would crush a skull or whatever and they just kind of rounded them off put a handle on them and threw them for distance right, right. well yeah. and whenever you get a bunch of guys with testosterone in them and they get bored they're well, going to see you can throw something the farthest and alcohol well that too yeah. yeah but yeah everything from guys at the end of a long day been farming or whatever and they have a competition on who can throw a rock the farthest right what did they do back then what did what were their, what were their jobs well they were they were everything they were you know usually your name was based on what you did so if your name was malcolm then what would you what would you do well you you, you milk cows you malcolmed things you milk- <laughs> <laughs> that's right well i guess that's why king malcolm the third there could, were two other malcolms before him could be and his parents hated him could be yep you know, I just got passed a little uh, note here from Kennedy Sprinkles, the producer. Yes, what'd she have to say? Her dad's name is Malcolm. We know this. Yeah, I yeah. didn't. I just found that out. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess I got to apologize. Please do. I'm not going to. Oh, okay. I'm not sure he knows how to work a podcast. I doubt it. But uh, he could. Well, his name's Malcolm. So I'm thinking to myself, how tough can he be? Really? He's a, he's a, he's a damn good golfer. Oh. And, a, and he's a great lawyer, so I would shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I got a great lawyer, too. His name is Irving Buskowitz. (laughs) 
Is that right? Yeah, of the of the fighting Buskowitzes. Really? There's five of them. Yeah? Yeah. They'll is sue he, your ass. Is he a former, is he a, uh, a Polak as well? A Polak? Yeah. Like Are you him? alluding to my Polish history? Yeah. No, okay. he's not. He's a Jew. Oh, okay. Oh, you want to go there? No. You can we're, get in a lot of trouble for this. Oh, no, we're not going there. You would go there. I'm not going there. <laughs> Irving Buskowitz. Just okay. remember the name. He's going right. to be a sponsor of our next show. Okay. Um, let's talk about the events, Jay. Yeah, right? let's do that. The boys create this event. And the modern-day Highland Games, which we love and this show is about, really involves up to nine events in any given Celtic festival around the country and in Scotland. Exactly. Right? Now, what we have to remember, though, yep. there's one event that they don't do in Scotland it's that kind of pisses us off. It is. It's yeah. amazing that as enlightened as they are in creating such a great thing like the Highland Games, right. they haven't acknowledged the fact that Sheaf, Sheaf is the greatest sport ever invented within the Games. In the world. In the world. Yeah. And they, they don't do it in it. Scotland. Dare say it, the world. It is the world. Listen to me. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something about the chief. Okay. People probably don't realize this, but I've got it from good information that the chief is going to be an exhibition sport in 2024 Olympics. Is it? Yes. Absolutely. Really? Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Where did you get that? I can't give that information. Okay. I, I, Excuse I, me, Candy, don't you have a whiteboard to talk on? I've, I've, I think that's hard to believe because it's hard to get that many, as as we've said before. So you, are you calling in, me a liar? Inebriated Scotsmen call- together to organize a petition. If you're calling me a liar, remember Irving Buskowitz. Okay. Yeah, he's on you. So let's talk about the, the nine events. All right, let's do that. Okay. First of all, in normal order, if you can do it, is the stones. The stones. Right, yeah. one of the oldest. Right, you got the Brammer stone and the open stone. Yeah, and, it, and they're like... Probably the most ancient of type of things. Men and women pushing a rock as far and hard as they can. And the goal is to be as far away from the stone when it lands as possible. That's true. You don't want to get hit with this. No, you do not. No. We won't mention any names. Bad. Bad idea. Right? The next is, um, and and the difference between a Braemar is you stand still. Right. Right. You stand in one place and throw it. Yep. And it's usually a heavier stone. Yeah, usually, you know, 20 to 20, sometimes 30 pounds. Right. I've seen them as big as 30. And then um, the open stone. The open stone. And open meaning you can move within the trig. you got a seven-foot run-up. Yeah. Yep. So you've got this trig with a, a board that you can't go beyond or you foul. Yep. And you can move in that so you can spin or you can glide or you can slide. You could do a cartwheel if you wanted to. You could. You yeah. could do whatever you want. All right. Um, and then we've got wait for distance. Wait for distance. Yeah. And wait for distance, there are uh, really, th- well, there's a variety of weights right, because right. the there's uh, three different weights for the men and there's different weights for the ladies. That's right. For the women, That's right? That's right. We got the 56-pound. Which is for all the younger people and the pros. Yep. The A's, the B's. It's called the Widowmaker. The Widowmaker. Yeah. Because it, it, will, it will kill you if it hits you. You got that right. Yeah. 28-pound wait for distance. 28-pound, which is the light, yep. light weight for distance. Right. And... Um, and then the masters um, throw a forty-two pound for 42, their heavy. That's right. Yep. And those weights uh, actually were probably uh, derived from the blacksmith times when uh, they used to have smithy shops, and they would tie their horses. You could tie a team of horses to a fifty-six. If you had a single horse, they would tie it to a twenty-eight. There you go. I know. Eh? There Pretty you cool. go. And then we. Um, My dad told me that. And those are basically a large ball, a steel dream. ball with a chain and a handle, and you spin. To generate centrifugal force and strength to throw it out into the field. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And then we've got weight for height. 
Yes, we do. Yep, and that can be 42 or 56 pound for the men. That's right. 28 for the ladies. Oh, and you can either stand or spin. T- stand or spin, and the bar keeps going higher and higher. You get three attempts to get over the bar, Yep. and you're out, and each height it just keeps going up. If you're the last one, you win. And it's a nasty one. Yep. Uh, hammer. Hammer. you got two hammers, 22 and 16. Right. You can uh, stand in one place. Ladies do 16 and 12. That's right. Right. You can stand in one place and throw it. Basically, yep. you take a couple of wines and release Unlike the Olympic hammer, which you actually spin with the hammer. That's right. You stay right. in place, back to the target, and you throw up over your shoulder. That's right. Right? Yep. And then we've got... Chief! Oh. Chief. The clouds part, the angels sing. In fact, they're singing right now. They are singing right now. You know because why? Because we just mentioned Chief. And we threw Chief today, didn't we not? We did throw yes, Chief today. Yes, we did. Glorious. Yes. Glorious. And, of course, Chief is a... 16, 20, or the ladies throw a 10-pound uh, sheaf. And the sh- right? Yeah. And you know what the thing about the sheaf? What? You can't really compete sheaf unless you talk about the pork. True. Because right? it's a yin and yang thing. It really is. You can't is. have one without yeah. the other. You can't just run up and toss the sheaf. You have to have the sheep fork. Right. Oh, yeah. What did Candy Sprinkles just tell you? Yeah, it's not sheep. Yeah, it's not sheep. It's sheaf. Sheaf. With an F. We Sometimes we'd like to... Stick a sheep. Oh, wait a minute. Come on now. This is not that kind of show. Oh, that's true. Okay, sorry. Yeah. If you want to stick a sheep, you do it sorry, on your own time, Sorry, buddy. sorry, sorry. Sorry, Big Daddy. Why are you, you know. wearing Velcro, Velcro gloves? <laughs> Velcro gloves. And knee-high boots. Come on, Big Daddy. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> um, sheep's awesome. And same thing. It's a height event. So you uh, go in at a certain height. Right. And you have three attempts to clear that height. Yep. And it, everybody's done, then it keeps going up. And, and if you're the last one... Last one, you win. You win. Absolutely. That's right. And hey. And you know what that's like. I do know what it's like. Because you won the Mississippi Highland Games Sheaf competition for the master's class. Yes, I did. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I threw that sheaf higher than all the classes that day. Did you? Yes, I did. Well, we talk about this, and we'll talk about this more in various episodes, but the master's class really around the country right now, and master's is everybody 40 and over. Yes. And that, But there are so many great throwers that were in the, the younger classes that are now in their 40s, and they're throwing A, practically pro numbers in some instances. Absolutely. You know, I was just thinking about that. You know, we were talking about that one day where when, when I first started really getting competitive in the Highland Games, you know, because I, I, I came in in the late 90s and dabbled in it. But then when I put full force training into it, I was in my early 40s. If I were to, you know, through Masters then, I probably would have done pretty well. Mm. But, you know, I decided to come in as an amateur B, you know, and, and throw with the younger guys. But now it's like all the Masters are A's that got older. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty tough class. Slightly depressing. And now they have a pro master's class as well. Yeah. Because some of our really good pros have gotten older as well. Right. You yeah. know, so yeah. it's a pretty, uh, it, it's pretty daunting. And, of course, then the final, and really, even though we love the Sheaf, the most well-known and the quintessential Highland Games event is the Caber. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's the, the caber. one. Yeah. The Caber. Yep. And the Caber, long wood pole. Ooh, Pe- say that again. Long wood pole <laughs> and uh, of various size. Yes, and some are bigger uh, than others. Uh, yeah, your mother's yeah. been telling stories about me again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And um, you, so anywhere from like say in the men's like sixteen to twenty to twenty three feet. Yeah, 
and uh, anywhere from seventy pounds up to hundred plus pounds, yeah, depending. Right. And you're you're not throwing it for distance. Some people uh, uh, missing when they first go to their first Highland Games, they think we're throwing it for distance. Right. How far did you throw? How that? far did you throw that right. caber? But we're not. We're throwing it actually for accuracy. You want it to flip over end over end and land straight away from you, as if there's a there's an imaginary clock, and I'm throwing it twelve o'clock in front of me. Right. If it lands at twelve, judge raises his hands, and everybody goes wild. And Big Daddy rips his shirt off. Oh, yes. It's true. I've done that. I know you have. I've yes. seen it. There's video, as a matter of fact. There is. Let me, Too much of it, actually. Let me tell you something, though, we'll about apologize Gamer. in advance. <laughs> yes. It all has to, it's a subjective sport. Okay. You know, because if you think about it, that guy standing behind you, what if he's drunk? What if he's blind, Ken Shaw? What if... <laughs> He can't keep up with you, Bobby Dodd. You know, if that happens, they're not actually going to be able to tell whether you threw it 12 o'clock. You know, I actually got an 11.57 one time from a judge. Is that not ridiculous? This is not helping you. I'm not even going to mention his name. This is not helping you with the judges this year. I know. But you know what those judges I just mentioned? Yeah. They're probably not going to judge this year. They are judging this year, you goof. They are? Yes. Are we paying them? Yes. Good, then they'll come and they'll shut up and they'll give me a 12 o'clock. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> all right, so listen, that is all of the games. We got to go. We can't go into this forever. We'd be here for hours. Absolutely. Right? But yep. we got plenty of episodes to go. We'll go into each of these a little bit. We'll have interesting stories about them. Um, and we need to go on to our next topic. Yes, we do. Yes? Yes. All right, next topic. Hey, Big Daddy. Yes, Hoss. Uh, topic is St. Patrick's Day. Ah, my favorite yeah. day of the year. It's coming up. It is. Right? So we had to talk about it on our first show. How could you not? Um, the Celts and how they fit into the Highland Games, right? We need to talk about Guinness. We need to talk about leprechaun throwing. We need to talk about love. Irish taking Scottish land and title. Yeah. Irish talk. tartans, Scots. Scots and patties, do they get along? Do they? I think if they're drinking, they do. I think they have common enemies, so they usually get along. Common enemies unite. Right. Exactly. Who's their common enemy? Well, really anybody but them. Pretty much. Yeah. The but British? The Brits. Unfortunately, yeah. they, they definitely have got issues with the Brits, yeah? You so, got that right. So they... But you, just, steal, you steal a guy's land and, you know, yeah. take his wife on their on your wedding night. But That's probably a... That'll stick in your craw a little bit. True. You know? True. <laughs> True. True. Uh, True. Where do you go from there? I, uh, pretty much, not yeah. much. I mean, you get an antler into the, into the neck. Right. That's what uh, William Wallace did. You know that, right? True. He stuck an antler in a guy's neck. He did. Did you see the movie? I did see the movie. I love that movie. What's the name of the movie again? Braveheart. 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 Yeah. yeah. But we're talking Irish. Yes, talk about Irish. Okay, so first of all, many people don't know that the Irish actually have a lot of Scottish lineage as well, or Scottish title, uh-huh. right? So there's, people don't, and well... People who are, are not into Highlands and the and Scottish stuff, they actually mistake Ireland all the time. I'm wearing my kilt, and people will say, "Oh, you're Irish." Yeah, I'm that's like, right. "What?" And no, and I say, "You know what I say? No, you're dumb." <laughs> <laughs> but but you are an O'Neill. I am, and the O'Neills got so big as a political family in hey, Ireland. Hey, and it had nothing time. to do with steroids either. No, we got big because we like to procreate. Right, and you had and you were smart and you had power. Absolutely. But you got so big that the O'Neill families then started to inherit lands in Scotland. And so they got Scottish title, and then they got Scottish clan status, and then they got their own tartan, and the rest is history. Ooh, say that again. 
Monastery. <laughs> God, I love when you do that. You like my when I roll yes. my R's, oh, don't you? Let me tell you something. Yeah. I'm, 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 a, I'm a bit of Twitter right now. Don't oh, yeah? Do that. Yeah, don't We're do not that on Twitter yet, so don't, Ooh, don't go there. Uh, go kindle your boyfriend. So, wow. Where'd that come Where from? Where are you going there? I don't know. That, Let's have, let me drink my Guinness. Hang you're a, a piece of work. Let me take a sip. You're a piece of Keep work. Keep talking so I can sip. But you're my work. You're my piece of work. You need <sighs> another. So, first of all, I spent a lot of time in Ireland, so shout out to the Irish. I love them. Love you, Irish. Yeah. And they, although they love whiskey. They do. For sure. Hmm? They make the greatest beer that was ever conceived on God's green earth. Liquid gold. Yeah, the black gold yes. that is Guinness. Guinness. I'm I'm watching one pour and fall out before my eyes. Yours is almost empty, so you should have your handler. I'm going to finish this right now. I'm going to make a, a shout out to my handler. Oh, handler, that would be Devil Ange. Devil Ange, can you? Can I him? have another Guinness, please? Yeah, can you get him a Guinness? It's say. Oh, did you hear that crack? No, I did. Anybody who has not seen something pour like that, it's glorious. Oh man, alive! See that. You just dump it upside down. Right. Now, um, Jay, I'm thinking that leprechauns could be potentially really good throwers. Wait a minute. Leprechauns. I know. They're short. They don't have long arms. No long levers. None they're of essentially that. green midgets. Yeah. Oh, wait but, a minute. Little people. But they are adept at picking up incredibly large cast iron pots of gold. And those things are heavy. Yeah, they I wouldn't go, know. I never picked up a pot of gold. They go four fifty, five hundred, maybe even seven hundred on the big ones. You're kidding me. No, I'm not s- serious. And so I, think you're telling me one of those little green midgets can pick up a seven hundred pound pot of gold. What? Yeah, for it, it's true. I would have so, never thought. So I think uh, weight for height. Weight for height. Yeah. Right. So uh, this is where you take weight for height. You're you're taking a large forty two or fifty six pound weight. Right. And you're swinging it between your legs. And you're hoisting hard up like a deadlift, up over your head, right. and up over a bar as high as you can go. Right. And I think those little bastards would be good at it. You think so? Yeah. I, I got to disagree. Why? You know, it doesn't matter how powerful they are. They're still like two foot one. I mean, if you're going to try to clear a bar, you know, the world, the world record is what? 18.10 on a stand, 18.11 on a stand. Right, yeah. and that's a guy who's six foot four. Right, Mike Zolkowitz, shout out. He's a Polak, just like me too. Right. Anyway, I'm half Polish, the good half. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Polish sausage. I didn't say that. Anyway, I digress a bit. Often, but <laughs> so if this guy throws that weight over his head, what's he looking at? Candy sprinkles. I can't. See. It's a world clock she just put up. I don't see what that says. It says, says five minutes and eight seconds, nine seconds. Yeah, we're 10 good. Seconds. Keep going. Okay, good daddy, focus me. Okay, so he throws that. So he throws that pot or yeah. weight or whatever you want to call it, yeah. and it goes what seven, eight feet tops. He just cleared ten feet, dude. No, they're more powerful than that. And first of all, don't forget that would make him a good. Beat. There's no rule to not mound up a little dirt. They could wear lifts. They oh. could be four foot with two foot shoes. I call that the Chad Wilker rule. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. There's people I know who've done that. I've saw him do it. Exactly. In fact, he told he taught me how to do it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Magic. I don't know why I'm saying magic. What? Oh. You know that whiteboard's not working too well. It's not. Hoss. It's not. Have you noticed that? I think the problem is. Did you is get into the speaking how many whiteboard? Have been, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, see, uh, Patrick's Day, obviously, um, St. Patrick's Day, obviously, in honor of St. Patrick. 
right? Yes. And the best, who, the patron saint of uh, great Saint Patrick's Day. Celt born in Britain, who Irish saint who supposedly uh, banished the snakes from Ireland. Did you say supposedly? He did. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I got it on a good account. He has done it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a good because there's no there's no damn, there's no damn snakes in Ireland because of him. How do you know? This is why I love Ireland so much because I, Haas. Don't like snakes. You're afraid of snakes. I am, and he is my favorite guy wait in the world because snakes just they they go. You're six foot three, yeah, two hundred and eighty pounds, yeah, and you're afraid of a little wiggly snake. I'm not two eighty, two sixty right now. Oh, I Thank forgot you, you lost weight. Much. Okay, yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, two hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, and you're afraid of a little teeny wiggly snake. Yes, hate him. How do you take a pee? Easy. <laughs> Well, I drown it because the water is so deep and cold. Oh, 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 man. We'll get that on from Candy Sprinkles and see if that's true. Oh, she's putting in the whiteboard. She says, not so much. Now, I hate that whiteboard. Damn that whiteboard. Hey, why is it going to be white? <laughs> All right. Um, St. Patrick, he also was famously uh, had a staff. Ooh. Now you that, mean a staff of like eight people? No, 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 no. A staff like a large stick. And that means he possibly was a good sheep thrower. How so? How well, be- because he's used to, you know, he probably picked up those big bow constrictor snakes and he chucked them up in the air. Really? Yeah, to get rid of them. Okay. So it's- I think he could potentially be good at sheep as well. You might be right. You know, anybody with a long staff is uh, probably pretty good at sheep. Yeah. You know, I actually got the record in Mississippi. Yeah, we talked about that already. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You should love him. You know why? Why? Because your middle name is... Patrick. Patrick. Yep. And we're not talking starfish SpongeBob Patrick, <laughs> although you act like it sometimes. Uh, what do you mean by that? But, but Saint. Let's go to the Krispy Krab for dinner tonight. What do you think about that? Huh? The Krispy Krab? What's it called? The Krusty Krab? Cr- the Krusty Krab. The Krusty Krab. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. Well... I love the kids' meal. Well, we're going to go to the Timber Tavern. I want a toy with that. Okay. Okay. Well, you're easily amused. That's what she said. Yeah. If you know what I mean. It's right. sexual innuendo time on Fork Talk, ladies yeah, this, and gentlemen. This um, particular <laughs> episode. Oh, we're at 8 minutes, 35, 36, 37. Yeah, dude, this this particular topic hasn't been going so well. We're supposed to be shouting out about? to St. Patrick. Anytime you're talking about St. Patrick's Day, it's a good time. It's a good day. In honor of St. Patrick, why don't we hoist our Guinness? Yep. Let's click our glasses. Okay, wait. There yes. we go. And mm-hmm. take a sip. Mm. Mm. We're sipping our beer, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. <sighs> Very Man, that good. Is tasty. Happy St. Patrick's Day, all of our Irish friends. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. And those who wish they were. Yes. But you know what? Everybody is one 365th Irish. Is that right? Yeah. How do St. You know Patrick's that? Day, buddy. Everybody's St. Everybody's oh, I see what you're Irish saying. on St. Patrick's Day. You did, I didn't know you could do math like that. I can't really, but I'm part Asian. Okay, I've got to now cut that out. <laughs> You're not cutting that out. That's good stuff. That that was probably racist. Probably racist. Probably. Really? No. Probably no, 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 no. Racist. That was prejudice. Racist is if an Asian no, guy no, comes no, to me and no, tries to get no. a job. No, 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 I'm not listening. <laughs> oh, my God. You have no filter. I'm, I'm I do have a filter. It's right in front of me. <laughs> it's called a spit filter. Right. It's not working, by the way. We need to clean this microphone. Do we, do we have anything else to say about the Irish? We love St. Patrick's Day. We throw with plenty of Irish. Uh, the Irish are represented in the games. Well, how can you not love the Irish? I mean, seriously. Right. Right. Drink beer. 
drink whiskey. They figured out how to get past that potato thing. Dude, they get all the chicks. I mean, come well, on, Well, they got girl. the redheads. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. And the blondes. Well, they got blondes, too. And the devil and just... Yeah. Well, that's because, um, you know, the Vikings, they're all Vikings. All you the mean Celts, the Minnesota Vikings? All the Celts are Vikings anyway, right? Because they basically swept through Scotland. It was down through Ireland into Britain. Basically changed the landscape. Uh-huh. Yep. It's true. How did the Minnesota Vikings get all the way over there? Uh, that's because they all went to Minnesota. To play a game? No. They went to Minnesota, and they thought, oh, look look at this cold and nasty, barren, ridiculous <laughs> land. It's just like home. Let's yeah. stay. Let's wear some purple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, we are digressing on that subject. I know. Next topic. Next topic. Big Daddy. Yes, Hoss. You know what time it is? No. What time is it? Special guest time. I am stoked. Who's our special guest? That's what's stoking me up right now. I don't know. Who is it? Do you want to know who it is? I do. Tell it's me. five time, five time, five time world champion, Ryan Vieira. Ryan oh, that's a great <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Vieira, are you there? Yes, I am here. Thanks for having me on. Welcome to Fork Talk. Man, he's got a golden voice. He does. He should do this for a living. So should we. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we've got the usual questions here for you, but of course, you, uh, um, since we're not as experienced as you, you may take it in a different direction. That's okay. Um, Just first, don't get kinky. <laughs> So, first question would be, how did you get into Highland Games throwing? Ah, well, man, that goes back a long ways, back to 1987 when I was in uh, college, and uh, a coach of mine uh, named Bob McKay got me involved in in the sport, uh, you know, more towards, uh, you know, the cross training to, to get me in shape for track and field, and and um, of course, I was up for uh, the new challenge and uh, um, started off at the hometown games there in Modesto. And uh, that's California you know, and for hooked. all you I, East Coast people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Modesto, California, and and got hooked immediately onto it. I was a little uh, shy about the kilt at first. You know, I thought it was kind of. <laughs> you know, strange to be wearing. I, you know, we looked at it as a skirt back then, but uh, I've definitely changed my tune on that. And it's kind of amazing uh, now. You know, you put on that kilt now, and we don't think that anybody should think it's weird. You know, exactly. I'll, yeah. I, I'll wear it every day if I if I could. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, it, it didn't take me long to realize that hey, this is uh, you know accepted. Right. Right. <laughs> So the next game I went to, I felt pretty comfortable, and uh, you, know, you know, history speaks for itself. But uh, yeah, you've done a few games uh, in your time. Yeah, just a few. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of which, you know, Ryan, you and I have a lot in common. <laughs> Does he now? Yes. Don't you think so, Ryan? Or Mr. Yes, Mr. Vieira, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and and what's that? You can throw half as far as he can. Well, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. Uh, Ryan, how, how tall are you, Ryan? I am 5'11". Okay, see, I'm 5'10". So we're about an inch apart, right? 
And yeah, uh, yeah. How, how much do you weigh? Well, right now, about 325, I just found out, is a huge disappointment. Oh. <laughs> well, we can edit that out later if you'd like. <laughs> well, I'm about 280, so I'm thinking, you know, maybe in your prime, you were probably, what, about 280, 290, would you say, but back in the late 90s or so? When he was a beer commercial ad guy, <laughs> looking sultry and awesome on posters? I've not, seen those. Hey, not that he doesn't look sultry, now. Well, he looks extra sultry when he's throwing a lightweight for distance 90 feet. Yeah, good point. <laughs> we have something else in common that Brett doesn't know about. What's this? Well, we both finished the eight-pound burrito at Hermano's <laughs> restaurant. Oh, really? Yes, really? we did. See? I bet you didn't do I that, did. did you, Brett? No. I did not know that. Yeah, see? We have that in common. Hey, and listen to this. Well, how, how did it go? <laughs> well, I finished it. <laughs> and then uh, oh, two, two hours later, I was in the bathroom. Again. Yeah, like most people. That's right. I, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking, Ryan, maybe we shouldn't even include Brett in this conversation since you and I have so much in common, and he's kind of like the outsider. That's hoss to you, Big Daddy. Ooh, hey, sorry. We, we could go on all night about food. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> that's true. Throwers love to eat. This is true. Yep, that's priority number one. Well, you know You've, you've won a, a whole bunch of world championships, too, which, you know, unlike myself, I haven't won any. Um, but what, what would you say of all of the championships you won, world championships, the United States championships, and so on, what was your most, um, what was probably your most memorable championship? Yeah, I get asked that a lot. I, you know, hands down, it had been my first world in uh, Waipu, New Zealand. That, that was a special moment for me that, uh, you know, uh, that put me in a position where I felt like, uh, you know, I achieved something where I wanted to go. Uh, it was a, it was a goal I didn't think I was going to achieve so soon, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, it happened and, uh, and I just fed off of that and, uh, put all my efforts into, uh, keeping it all going. And, uh, uh, you know, it was, uh, been a fun journey. Well, what year was that? That was in, um, oh, that was uh, New Year's Day, 1996. Oh, okay, yeah. 96. So for all new throwers, that was nine years into getting into this a bit, right? 87 and 96. So it takes time, man. Yeah, it does to become a world champion. Yeah. What was, so in all those games, Ryan, what is the weirdest thing you've ever seen at a games? Because we've seen some weird <laughs> stuff. There are some bizarre people that show up at the Highland Games. We'll talk about that on another episode. <laughs> but um, what was the weirdest thing you've ever seen? Wow, man, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> just with the athletes alone. Just just including the people that he's talking to. Right. Yeah, the people, the people are just, you know, you have great people in this sport. There's uh, all kinds of different characters that uh, that make this sport so special. I, I think you know in general it, it would be you know the characters in the in the sport. It's been uh, quite a journey uh, uh, being involved with uh, so many different people and uh, venues and uh, you know uh, been to Iceland. Love Iceland. Love the the culture. Love everything about it. Like the way they run the games. 
That seems um, that seems to be pretty popular. People that go to Iceland really you, seem to enjoy it. Up there. I would if I went to Iceland to throw, I'd go hit the blue pools afterwards in the hot the hot springs. Did you do that? Oh yes, we did do that, and uh, oh, man, man, that was before they moved it to the new location. It was uh, man, that, that that was uh one of those memories that I'll never forget. You know, it's just a uh, uh, great trip. Like I said, great people. Good food. Know how to run a games there. That's cool. We're going to put that on the list, Jay. That's on the Highland yeah, Games that, bucket list. That's on the Highland Games bucket list for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, okay. no doubt. And we need to no do some doubt. stone lifting. Got to do some yeah. stone lifting up there, too. Did you get a chance to do yeah, any of the uh, the stones? What was that? I, did, did, you, I hear you? did you have a chance to do any of the stones up there? The manhood stones? Uh, no, no. No, we never got to do those. Just, uh, you know, they they done their five of hits, and, and that was it. Never really? got to venture out to do any uh, the uh, strength stones. Huh. And so, getting back to that question about interesting people and such, how about uh, stalkers? Any uh, Highland Games stalkers? Oh, <laughs> besides besides man. me. Great question. <laughs> I'm a dozen. I mean, look at me, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. You know, I, I felt sorry for them if they were coming after me. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. You know, there's, you know there, there's all kinds of people out there. I've, you know, I've been around uh, so many games where, uh, you know, you got, you know, the, the crowd coming up to you. You just never know what to, what to expect. Did you ever get a chance, uh, speaking of characters, did you ever get a, and stalkers, did you ever get a chance to throw with uh, Brian Oldfield? Uh, no. No? Well, technically, n- not uh, directly. I was an amateur in Monterey when he uh, when he was a pro. That would have been in 87, 87, 87 or 88. Uh-huh, right. And, uh, you know, I got to share the field with him. Uh, that was a great moment. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, Pleasant, the end of that year was... Uh, Another moment where, you know, it was where, where we got to uh, be on the same field. But uh, I think that was the only year, '87 uh, or '88. Yeah, I think he was basically on the bottom, of, you know, back end of his career around that time, you know, late '80s. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, you know, he had, he had a beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other. I mean, that was <laughs> trained <laughs> super went. athlete. <laughs> yeah, I won't forget that. Uh, you know, it stuck in my mind, and uh, you know, and that was a time when uh, when beer was being uh, uh, on ice on the field for the athletes. Oh wow! Yeah, were, we don't do that anymore. Those were, those were there was there was no water, just beer. <laughs> well, we don't do that anymore that they know of. Right. right. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it got a lot serious after that. Now, it may, most of the Fork Talk listening public, Jay, probably would assume that throwers make tons of money, right, Big Daddy? Absolutely. Right. You, you'd think so with the, the cars they drive and yeah, you know, exactly. the bling they wear. Yeah, because the sponsorships are huge and the prize <laughs> money is massive. Yeah. But, but, but assuming that Ryan also likes to have things on the side he does, what, what is it, uh, Ryan, that you do when you're not throwing heavy things as if there's anything else to do? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, as uh, Jay knows, I do a lot of clinics, and uh, I train people uh, privately, and uh, and I'm also the the coach at uh, Cal State Stanislaus, 
here in Turlock, California. Oh, nice. And uh, that's pretty much taken up a lot of my time. I uh, really enjoy it. It's been a great transition out of, out of the games uh, into coaching. I really enjoy it. Uh, plan to do it the rest of my life. Yeah, I know your your daughters are into it now, aren't they? Or your one? Yeah, daughter? my daughter's yeah. a freshman right now, and uh, she's she's doing well. Had her first meet yesterday, and real proud of her. How'd you do? What's what's her name? Let's give her a shout out. Yeah, that's uh, Brooke Vieira. Brooke Vieira. Ooh, dog. Yep. Yep. We'll dedicate this first episode to her. He is a good coach, though. Who? Brooke? No, that's his daughter. Brian. Oh, Brian. <laughs> We've been at his clinics. They're can, fantastic. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Having Ryan Vieira as your dad and you're trying out for track? Be hard. Yeah, I know. The, eh? the expectation level would be high. Now, if Brian Oldfield were your dad and you were trying out for track, everyone would be bumming cigarettes off him. <laughs> well, I, I, wish it, it, I wish it was like that. But, she, you know, she's, uh, you know, the, the typical daughter-dad relationship. You don't want to listen to dad too much. But, uh yeah. Uh, you know, she's over the years she's really picked up. Uh, you know, uh, going to clinics with me and practice, so she's picked up a lot of stuff and and is doing it pretty much on her own. Uh, she's, I mean, I help her out every once in a while, but mm-hmm. she has a good coach we rely on. And you, she has a coach other than you. You mean? Yeah, other than me, she, uh, the coach uh, is one of my ex athletes at the university. She. Graduated last year. Wow! And so she's coaching at the high school and and uh, working with her. So she's getting the same same stuff, but uh, just through a different person, which is not always bad. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it, <laughs> <laughs> like we we did a, the clinic with uh, with Ryan Vr, didn't we? We did. Yeah, yes. and it was with you and uh, Francis Brebner uh, oh. in Idaho. It was good. Yeah, that was really nice. We had a good time, and of course, it was nice to get, uh, you know, a take from the, from both both Francis and Ryan as to you know their their chop on certain events and such. So, um, it it is good to have a different coach once in a while. So, I got yeah. another question for you. Sure. What's your favorite event of all of them? I, I think I know what your least favorite is. Can I take a guess? <laughs> yes, I mean pretty much everybody can figure <laughs> out my least favorite. I'm gonna, uh, but, I'm gonna guess it's it's weight over bar. Yes, you hit it right on, uh, <laughs> on the money right there. <laughs> I did my research. Way to way to punch a guy when he's down, big daddy. How can you punch a five time world champion when he's down, Hoss? He's not down. He's a five time world champion. <laughs> okay, you got that going. You got that going for you. Well, which is nice. You know, it, you know, it's an event that I, you know, it's not like I completely hate. It's uh, right. It's it's. I've had a passion. I'm trying to get it better over the years, but uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, it, it, it's the man that it drove me for many years uh, to to try to better, and uh, I come up short. That's one of the events that I I feel I came up short on on my abilities to, uh-huh. to throw it higher. But uh, well, I mean, usually, uh, you know, guys with your kind of power, you know, that would be an event that you would think that you know you would actually really excel in. You know. Yeah, but you know, I had I had the, you know, I felt I had the power, you know, from the weight room. My, and it doesn't always translate. I'll tell you that right now. But, uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, I I felt I I should have done sixteen pretty regular. 
mm-hmm. and maybe had a chance at set 17 based on the power, my power levels, my strength levels right. at the time. But, you know, I did clear 16, but, um, uh, again, it was one of those things that I came up short on in my career. I felt uh, that I, you know, left it out on the field. But, well, you, uh, know, you know, that that's the way it goes. I don't... Uh, I don't worry about things like that. It's just just what happened. Well, let's get back to this. What's the favorite event? Oh, well, you know, I, I, I look at all the events as, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, I enjoy them all. Um, That's the politically correct an answer. Absolute, <laughs> an absolute favorite. It would be uh, uh, the 28. I knew it. Throws. I really enjoyed those, but... Uh, at one point, the hammers were up there and uh, really enjoyed them as well. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, well, uh, you threw a hammer over 150 feet at one time. Yes, I have a, a few times. Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, you know, it, it was feeling really good uh, uh, back in the late, eight, late 90s. And, uh, you know, uh, my flexibility, mobility was much better. Um yeah, it, it it came around for me. And that's really, I mean, with the hammer especially, you know, what I've learned in my time, I mean, not as much time as you, but it really is about being flexible and getting that head speed up and moving along, you know, getting it really going. And it's, you know, I, I yeah. you don't, it's not really about strength as as much as being very flexible and and uh, getting your hips into it and, and getting good winds and building that head speed. For a Fork Talk public, that's, a 16-pound hammer going 150 feet. That is a long, long ways. That's like hitting a hole-in-one in golf every Holy time you golf. Cow. That's it's, pretty much what it's It's huge. It's huge. Yeah, especially, you, know, you, you, you don't realize how well, you know, how far that is until you start not throwing that far. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know, as I got uh, older and uh, my mobility and flexibility went, well, or for know, some it, it, was, it, it was harder to... To generate the speeds uh, that I once had, and uh, you know, uh, you know that's pretty difficult. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, but you know, when you're dropping 20, 25 feet, you know, it's uh, like how did I throw that far? But you know, it's, it was a combination of a lot of things. I was healthy. I was training well. I had a, a solid program. Um, uh, just you know tons of motivation you know the, you know i looked at it as a job this is what people pay me to come in and entertain and and uh that was my job so i felt uh, the need to put in the time to uh, and it takes a lot of time these events uh, take a lot of time a lot of throwing a lot of dedication discipline i can't i can't really give you enough uh, uh words to exp- uh, express myself but it's uh it, um, there's no easy route. Right. It all takes time. Well, and you were you were pretty fortunate. You had a very supportive wife as well, if I recall. She, you know, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't been where I've been without my wife. You know, she was a huge support. Right. And gave me the go ahead to pretty much dedicate, you know, all my time and energy into the sport. Yeah, I mean, it was almost and, like uh, it's like a full time job for you at that point. Then you, know, you can concentrate on it and train daily and make a living. Yeah, 
you know, when I first started, I was training two times a day. I was three hours in the morning from 9 to 12, take a two-hour break, lunch, maybe a little bit of nap, maybe some watching some videos, then back out three hours in the evening. But, you know, I didn't train, you know, at 100%. I trained a lot of repetition. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it was drills, uh, uh, skill work. Um, and, I, you know, I couldn't, you know, if I had to express uh, the people listening is, uh, you know, you, you got rest was important for me. So, you know, I knew when to go hard, knew when to, to back off and rest the body. And, you know, that I listened to the body. And um, that's why I quit lifting, you know, into my lifting program would be around the first part of April. And, uh, and then I'd focus more on the throws and give myself plenty of rest, uh, to train the events. Yeah, I, re I recall you telling me one time that you didn't lift at all during the season. You just threw. No, I right. just threw. And uh, if I did lift, it was just to go in and have some fun. And, uh, you know, but it, that was very rare. Mm -hmm. I mean, over over my uh, 18, 18 plus years uh, as a professional. But, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, that's just, I learned that, uh you know, just basically listening to my body. You mm -hmm. know, I knew I couldn't do both seriously. So, and uh, I knew throwing was lifting, you know, when you're dealing with these type of implements. You know, you go out and throw 56, uh, you know, seven, even, you know, hard seven or ten times, I mean, you get a pretty good workout. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you do. Hey, Big Daddy, we only got probably time for one more question. Okay. And Ryan sure. is a important and busy gentleman, so we can't keep him on, although we would talk to him all day long. Absolutely. In fact, uh, he's coming over next week for dinner. Is he? No. I didn't get invited. Whoops. Sorry, Ryan. I'll talk to you about that later. Oh, you can invite me. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, you want to ask this one? No, you can ask Okay. It. So, um, Let's go with early heroes. Yeah. Who, who was your most inspiring early hero in the sport when you first started out? Besides myself. Well, of you, you know, you, I, you had the immediate ones that, that, that you saw on a daily basis here in California, which was Jim McGoldrick. Um, you know, those guys like Dave McKenzie you've seen all the time that I, I really looked up to. And, uh, but on a international level, you know, it was hands down uh, Bill Anderson. Oh, yeah. And I saw him at Pleasanton, and I mean, uh, and then I got the movies, uh, the heavies, and that, that just, uh, that turned it all around for me, actually. Uh, seeing how it was really done, uh, really uh, taking in everything they were doing, uh, saying, uh, but Bill Anderson was pretty much hands down the one that I looked up to. Yeah, that was an amazing. He was an amazing guy, he really was. I actually was yeah, watching he, some of that that heavies video that you had posted on YouTube, and uh, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I've had that since '87. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, still watch to this day. Still get inspired. Still get fired up over watching it. Uh, you know, it's one of those. Uh, you know, it, it 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 made a statement in my career. Mm -hmm. Right. That's awesome, Ryan. Well, what's awesome about our sport is there's 
as the generations go by, there's new people that do that. I mean, for me, uh, and I'm not ashamed to say it, my first video was Ryan's video, right? Right. When I wanted to get into this and I wasn't sure what to do, I found out about it and and your video was the first one I got and it's the first thing I uh, watched and I go back to it occasionally because it just gets me fired up. And you pirated it too, didn't you? I'm pretty sure he was making no, copies last week. I and paid him. <laughs> Big Daddy. I saw him burning copies last week. That's an old school video there. That was back <laughs> when it. analog was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, but you know, that was the very first training video ever ever produced. Absolutely. Uh, so I'd throw, throw mm-hmm. that out. <laughs> but you know, it, it was it was about all we had, and uh, and. Uh, yeah, we're we're pretty happy about that. I made fun of the music in that video, and I. I and, <laughs> That's but, true. That's true. But I, somebody you're told not, me you're not, you're not the only one. <laughs> somebody did tell me though that there was a method to that madness, and they said that you actually were the one that came up with it. That you wanted yes. that music particular. What was the reason for that? I put that music on there to relax you while you're watching the video. You know, you don't want to video on there or music on there that's going to get you all, uh, you know, worked up. You want to be able to absorb the information that you're hearing. And, uh, you know, I got that information from when I was in college, you know, uh, you know, taking the uh, visualization of uh, sport. And, you know, that was one of the things they put on soft music. And right. you had to learn something, you know, you had to learn while you were listening to music. And it really... Uh, you know, at home, and that's why I put it on there. Well, and, uh, it, that was also during his Ravi Shankar phase, <laughs> and he was doing a lot of weed, and so he was quite mellow. Well, <laughs> the nice thing about that video, though, Ryan, is that I watched it over and over again. Do you want to know why? Because I kept falling yeah, well, asleep because of that damn music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had a guy, I had a police officer tell me, that was the only thing that he can go to sleep to. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. He said he'd come home from a hard day's work and put it on and fall asleep. That's great. I go, I, hey, whatever helps you, I don't care. That's right. That works. Well, I'll tell you, Ryan, I'll leave you with this, and I'll give it to Big Daddy for uh, for the for the final goodbye. But um, two years ago in Victoria, you were back um, from some injury, and you were on fire. And my inspiration all year was the most bizarre thing, of course. It wasn't the actual throwing-throwing. It right. was at the end of the competition in Victoria, British Columbia, and they decided to have a keg toss for money. And Ryan was doing two-turn keg tosses with that 55-gallon barrel, where the heck it is, and it was massive. It was going... It was, no. it was exploding across the field. <laughs> and now, it may have been that I had had a few drinks in the beer garden at that point. More How, likely. However... It, I was I was jacked all year because of that. Every time I was down, I was like, "Ryan's throwing barrels. I'm on it." <laughs> Ryan, if that safety fence hadn't have been there, he probably would have came up and tried to kiss you. Possibly. <laughs> Just leave it up to me. I, I love I love throwing anything. Hey, it doesn't matter what it is. It was amazing. I remember that because it was funny. Because you know you see guys throwing it far, and then you see Ryan get up there and just blast it even farther. And you know, and you know, and at the time, of course, we knew you were. You know, you were hitting 40 years old or whatever you know and you're knocking these guys out and they're in their 20s you know so that it was, was awesome it was inspiring to all everybody yeah. got a kick out of that everybody loved that right so, so yeah, those are, those, yeah those are, that, that's fun of this but i want to say this too about that 
there was a prize money for that event, was there not, Mr. Haas? There was. Yes, there was. And do you know what Mr. Vieira did with that prize money? What did he do with he it? He split it up amongst the competitors. See, that's the kind of quality guy he is. See? Gosh. There you go, Ryan. You know, all, all, all the guys would have done that, too. It's, you know, we're all doing it for fun, and uh, I think it's it, it, anybody would have done that. So I wouldn't have. <laughs> I would have kept every penny of that money. <laughs> well, for our first guest on Fork Talk, he has set the bar at a level that few will probably meet. Absolutely. This is true. And Candy There aren't Sp- that many five-time world champions out there. You this know. is true. This is true. And Candy Sprinkles, if we don't wrap this up, is going to – that's our producer, by the way. That's Brian. right. And Candy Sprinkles will get us uh, – I don't know, we'll be in trouble in some way. She'll, she'll find ways to make our life miserable. She'll probably thin slice your penis. Easy now. Sorry. Really? See? We can big, edit that out if we big want Big Daddy to. has no filter. I don't want to, though. Anyway, Ryan, thank you so much for being on Fork Talk. You are the man. Yes, oh, you are. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for having, having me on. It's a great show. Hey, we have once we had one more. It's not really a question. It's what would you like to do? We are going to interview a guest, okay? And you, as one of our listeners, because, of course, from now on, you're going to listen to our show every time it comes on. <laughs> who would you like to hear? Who, who would be a, a, a choice guest for uh, Ryan Vieira? Anybody you Francis want to Francis, Francis Brebner? Francis yeah. Brebner. Does that come with a translator? Because I've sat with that guy in a bar. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, can, I can do it for you. Okay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, there, there's, there's many guys I'd like to hear. Jim McGoldrick, uh, Bill Anderson, uh, Hamish Davidson would be. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Peter Goodman. I can go on and on. Uh, okay. You know, Alistair Gunn. I mean, there's so many great Alistair, athletes yes. that, that people can learn from. Well, since awesome. you're the, since you're the man with all the uh, the Rolodex there, why don't you go ahead and uh, send us some of those names and numbers, and uh, we'll see what we yeah, can do. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I, I'll send you all the contacts. That'd be great. All right. That'd be awesome. All, all right. right. Well, hey, Ryan, thanks again. You're a class act, as always. We really appreciate having you on the show. And uh, – Look forward to seeing you again in the future, and thanks for everything you do for the sport. Hey, thanks, guys. All right. Take we're out. Care. All right. Take care. All right, Haas. You know what time it is? No, what time? It's historical figure time. Oh, I love this one. Yes. Yeah. Hey, this is awesome. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Because we're going to pick... Every show, we're going to pick a historical figure throughout history. Yeah. And we're going to figure out whether or not we think they would be a good Highland Games person or a bad Highland Games person. Okay. Good thrower or bad thrower. Right. We'll talk about their strengths versus their weaknesses. Right. And this is inspired by Sir Isaac Newton. Boo. Who's a historical figure, but we hate him. We do hate him. Because he, the gravity thing. In fact, I want to say whenever I say his name, yeah, Sir Isaac Newton... I spit. Yeah. I okay. spit. I got you. I got you. So who's our historical figure for this particular episode? Who else? Other than yeah. the 16th president of the United States. Yes. Abraham Lincoln. Oh, dude. Fantastic choice. Yes. Okay. Abraham Lincoln. Fantastic choice. Topical because, of course, Oscars. Daniel yep. Day-Lewis got the Best uh, Actor Award. Great film. You and, know, he lost 76 pounds to play Abraham Lincoln. Right? Did he really? Yeah. He he was amazing. In two weeks. Really? Yeah. Wow. Don't you read the news? No. I was uh, I was standing in line at the uh, grocery store, and uh, there's a paper there called The Star. 
Yeah. Had a lot of really cool stories about it. Really? I hear that's all factual. Yeah. He's actually pregnant with a Martian baby. Is he? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I just did you just see our uh intern, Slim Jim, walk by? Slim Jim, my man. Yeah, what's up, Slim Jim? Hey, we gave you a shout out earlier, but you weren't here. So we're gonna drink a beer to you. This is our Guinness, a little clink it. Bing. You've had no he's he's not really done anything in this particular show, but I'm sure we'll give him work to do in the future. You know what? This kid is a golden child. Right. And I think that he's gonna produce a lot of good stuff for us in the future. Okay, good. And a hell of a trombone player. That's true. And That's not true. a rusty one either. <laughs> Come on, that's not right. Sorry. That is wrong. Hey. Come on. Hey. This, we're trying to make this semi, uh, you know, appropriate. Hey, this is an urban dictionary, pal. Yeah, okay. All right. Listen. Okay, so Lincoln. Abraham. Great thrower. Yes. Could be a great thrower. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about his athletic uh, prowess. Well, first of all, tall man, right? Very tall. Six foot four. Okay. And so long arms. Yep. Long levers, as we say in the throwing business. A lot of long levers, right? If you know what I mean. Yes. So he. So for example, the uh, games he'd be good at is hammer. Hammer. Because the ellipse on his hammer way long, he can get some serious rotational force. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, sheaf. <laughs> oh, I love the way you say sheaf. Man, I'll tell you what. He'd be good at sheaf because again, long levers, good long pull, high. Was a farmer at one time, so he probably threw a lot of bales of hay. That's true, right? Yeah, so he'd have that good, that good farmer pull. That's right. for sure. Um, Weight over bar, right? He could, he's so yeah. Tall. Well, he's so tall, he'd at least go in at eleven or twelve without even trying. Pretty much, his arms yeah. up that high. Yeah, um, he had a beard. He did have a beard. Yes, but you know what? what? He didn't have a mustache, well, which tr- which essentially makes him Amish. That's true, but but. People who have beards throw better. Really? All the best throwers have beards. Name one. Big Daddy O'Neill. Yeah, there's one. Yeah. Ryan Vieira. That's two. Yeah. In no particular order, by the way. We just Hoss. Hoss. There's all, all of the greats. You're right. Absolutely. Have some facial hair. You got that right. So I think he could work there. Um, he uh, he also was, I don't know if you know this, a Robert Burns fan. No, he wasn't. Yes. Really? He was. And for people who don't know, Robert Burns, famous poet of Scotland. Right. And quite the ladies' man, I understand. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Yes, indeed. What? You know how old he was when he died? No. There you guess. 60. 26. What? Yes. He died He young. died very youthful. Oh. Indeed. That makes me sad. Yeah, don't worry about it. He got a lot of... That's amazing that he could be so articulate at 26... 20, in his early 20s, right? Because he, he wrote great poetry. Well, men matured much earlier in those days. That's true. That's you true. Know. And Burns Night, of course, is famous around the Scotland kind of Celtic world, right? You celebrate Burns Night. Absolutely. But, but Lincoln actually did um, reading of Burns in the White House. He did? Yeah. Who did he read it to? Well, to, the, you know, his wife, the the group that worked with him, the senators. What, I don't uh, know. What are you talking about? The Maybe, slaves? No, no, no. Well, oh, I see people, where you're going with this. They had people working at the house, sure. Are you trying to tell me that Abraham Lincoln had slaves working at the White House? He had free black people who worked for him, yes. Not until 1865. Is that right? Yeah. All right. I saw it in the Don't movie. Don't give me that look. I, I'm not giving you any look. <laughs> That's good stuff. Anyway, so he obviously was a lover of Scotland, Burns' work. 
I think he would have been good for the games. No, you're probably right. He's yeah. a qui- he's a quiet guy. He could tell a good joke too. Yeah, you know what? And that would make him good at the games. I think that's what made him such a people person. That's True. what made him such a good president. Whenever there was uh, like something ten- intense or a certain situation that was quite tense for them, he would try and uh, bring some levity to the situation by telling a joke. Yep. And everybody kind of laugh a bit, and then he'd kind of because he had a lot of opposition to what he wanted to try and accomplish, and so he had to get guys on the side that were against him. Yeah, believe it or not, not everybody wanted to free the slaves back in the day. I know that's unfortunate. But I got to tell you something. What? I also think that he'd be good in the old beer garden. In the beer garden. Yeah. Why? Why? Could you, you imagine that? having a pint with Abraham Lincoln? Oh man, that'd be awesome. You know, but Ulysses as Grant, yes, a known drunk, yeah. probably would have been a lot more fun. Really, I'm thinking. Well, you know, I'm he, actually related to him. To U- Ulysses S. Grant. Absolutely. Yep. In in what way? Um, he's my relative. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I can't really side, get into on it. On what side of your Irish or Polish family? Mother. Mother. Yes. All right. My mother's great-great-ancestor uh, was 98% Polish. <laughs> and uh, Ulysses Grant, his real name was actually Grantowski. I have no idea where you're going with that. I don't either, so I think I'm going to stop talking about it. All right. <laughs> but, I, but I am related to him. All right. Anyway. So uh, that's it. That's it for historical figures. All right. I, I think every episode. podcast we're going to have a new historical figure. We should try. I think it would be good. I think that's the show, Jay. What? That's Already? Yeah. No way. Yes, yes, yes. You know, my assistant messed up my notes, so I'm kind of looking to see where I'm at. You're just supposed to say, thanks for the show. There you go. All right, you're right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I want to thank our guest, our special guest, five-time, five-time, five-time World Highland Games champion, the Ryan Vieira. Ryan Vieira, that was fantastic. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you for everybody for listening, of course. All right. Next time, Jay, um, we are going to be talking about Vikings. Minnesota Vikings? No, not the Minnesota Vikings, the real Vikings, right? Off-season training. Ooh, my favorite. Yeah, and fork lube. Fork lube. That's right. I said lube. Ooh, say it again. Fork lube. Man, I like the way your tongue moves. Yeah, say. and um, and a special guest, of course. Yes, a special podcast guest to yeah, Fork Talk. As always. So the Fork Talk podcast is going to come out twice a month. We'd love to have it come out more, but you know what? There's only so much you can talk about cheap forks. <laughs> That's right. So if anybody has any questions or comments, email us at info at fork-talk.com or Facebook, Fork Talk with Big Daddy and Hoss. Until next time, may the fork be with you. <laughs> Big Daddy, you are the sheaf to my fork. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Aaron Gavra. Thanks for listening to Fork Talk with your she-fork-wielding lovable host, Big Daddy and Haas. Check out www.fork-talk.com for more episodes. We throw heavy stuff for fun, people. Caber up!